0: All right. This is the Believe in Buckeye podcast, and we have a special guest
1: today. A very special guest. All right. Very special. Our first guest. Our first guest. A very special a Buckeye guest. A Buckeye. As well, right. So we have Albert Breer here, who's currently with uh got a lot of jobs. Currently with Sports Illustrated, uh, Fox News, NBC. Uh, formerly worked with. Uh, NFL Network. NFL Network, Washington Globe, yeah, so
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Netlist. Season. Yeah. And he's currently running uh the Mo- the Monday morning quarterback club. Mm-hmm. And I believe you do that for that sports sports Okay. Right. right. Yep. Yeah, okay. So we're excited. We're excited. Yeah. We're excited to have you. Uh thanks for taking your time and meeting with us. Like I say, your first guest on our short lived show. <laughs> so it's it's like history. <laughs>
2: right, <so. laughs> That's a great now, honor. A great and, honor. And you are
0: so you are a, a Buckeye. Yep, right? went to Ohio State, and if you would just be comfortable telling us a little bit about what brought you to Ohio State, being a guy yeah. who, who grew up um, in the well, Massachusetts area, right? Right. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I, yeah,
2: I grew up outside of Boston. I, I my dad is from Detroit, um, and. I mean, most of my family went to Michigan or Michigan State, and so like I always thought, like, and you know, if you grow up here, like outside of Boston, like a lot of people go to smaller colleges. That wasn't like I didn't think that was college. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you went to a school with like five thousand people, that's like overgrown high school. You know what I mean? Like, so no offense to all you
0: small college people. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) I I always, I I always, I I always, I always wanted like the big, like the big football school. You know, and um so like i i had you know a lot of experience with uh, my family having gone to like you know big 10 schools with michigan and michigan state and um you know like i i had a guy i played high school football with who's a year older than me he was a priority walk on at ohio state during the john cooper years named eddie brown still lives in columbus actually um and still a really good friend of mine and um you know he had sort of told me, like, you know, you're looking at Michigan and Michigan State, you all look at Ohio State, too. And I went out there um, during a football recruiting weekend, which was kind of wild. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> if the other people knew I was a recruiter or not. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it didn't take much to sell me. And, um, yeah, that's how I ended up there. And, obviously, uh, you guys can tell by looking at my tweets, I had a pretty good time when I was there, too. I think <laughs> I was of time there
0: it's not hard to it's not hard to sell Ohio state especially no, it's as not a young a, a young kid looking for a place to spend the next four or five years um I'm interested in and in you get into doing what you do now yeah you know what what took what got you to this point was it was it yeah. at Ohio state or was it something that no, you always wanted to
2: do i mean honestly like it's it's actually sort of interesting like my dad um so i i uh you know when I was a kid I loved all sports um and you know like football was the sport I loved the most. And, um, you know, my dad had a huge influence on me getting into football. I didn't have anybody like my family that had been in journalism though. And, um, my grades weren't great. My first couple of years in high school to, to, to say the least. And so he thought like I had to, you know, Hey, you ought to get some more things in your college application or you're gonna have a problem here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, he sort of looked at, I said, you're passionate about sports. Why don't you find, why don't we find something that you can do that, that, that involves sports, you know? And so, um, you know, he called the newspaper in town, um, which was just the one community weekly newspaper and, um, talked to the sports editor there. The sports editor called me said, Hey, would you want to, you know, just write off of the football games you're playing? in? So, um, I wrote off the football games I played in, um, as a junior in high school. And I guess they did a good enough job where they brought me back and said, hey, would you want to do this for like, like a team you're not playing for? So I covered the girls basketball team for that paper um, that winter. And, you know, like as a high school kid, it was like, I was getting like 50 bucks a story, which like, I, you know, at that yeah, I, at point, morning. like, I think like this is easy. Like I'm yeah. going to keep doing right. this. And, right. uh, um, you know, you just slowly get better at it. And, you know, I'll tell you like the main thing about it, like for me was like, it didn't really feel like work. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I liked doing it and, um, I was never like a very good writer, but I just could write about football. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I guess it just sort of came through that, um like like this is something i was passionate about and something i could do and um so then you know i sort of looked at you know how do i you know how would i get involved in sports after high school um and this was sort of an avenue to do it you know and uh so you know i get to ohio state and and i start writing for the lantern when i'm there some journalism okay. major and that sort of opened some avenues like for some television internships and sort of one thing led to another led to another i, I i'd say like I really wanted to be involved in football. Like I knew that from, I mean, I, like, I I don't think I'd be doing this, like covering any other sport. Like, I don't think I would have had the drive to do it covering another sport. I just, I love football. And, um, you know, like, so I, it's just one thing led to another, led to another. And I knew I wanted to be involved in that specific sport. And this was just something I found that I guess I was relatively good at, you know?
1: Yeah. So I find it interesting that, like you say, your first couple of stories was reporting on, were basically reporting for the team that you're playing for. Right. How biased was those first couple
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure, like, hey, we yeah, did that game, right? <laughs> and it was a referee. So. <laughs> it, was
2: it was definitely weird. But I, you know what? Like, honestly, like, I, I, I just, I liked doing it. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it was yeah. like I would talk to my teammates about what would go in there. And, you know, I, I think there's like some valuable lessons you gain. I mean, I think the stuff that you do that you realize carries over in anything is like relationship building, you know. And like, I, like when I was doing that, like I had to manage my own relationships on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah. what I was writing a lot of times it was stuff that would get clipped and would like get put in the paper, right? Like, yeah. and the you know, like somebody's parents would like have that up like on the bulletin board or whatever. Like, hey, yeah. my kid's names in the paper. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, like it really like I think doing it at that age because um you know, and even when I was covering like the you know, girls' basketball team that winter, like I was friends with all those girls, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so it sort of taught you like relationship building and accountability and all that different stuff. You know what I mean? Like and so um yeah, it was a little weird at first, but I, I do think there were some like interesting lessons, like actually doing it first that way. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Now, now you went to Ohio State. Did you go here during the the Cooper? The Cooper yeah, year? so
2: I was. So we were actually like relatively mediocre when I was there. Like I, I, like my freshman year, we were. So my freshman year was the year Andy Katzenmoyer was in the cover of Sports Illustrated, oh, okay. and um, they wrote the story about how he was taking basket weaving or whatever, and <laughs> um, and and but we were number one in the country, and we lost that year to Michigan State. Um, Saban was the coach at Michigan state, um, on like, there's a block punt that came back from way behind and, and that Ohio state team was great, but, and blew everybody else out, but like lost that one game and cost us the national title. I think Tennessee won the national title that year. And then after that, it was six and six, my sophomore year, then I think eight and four my junior year and Cooper got fired and Tress came in. In the middle of my junior year, so my senior year would have been Trestle's first full year, um, or his first year as the first year as the head coach. They beat Michigan at the end of that year, and then they won the national title right after I left. Okay. So I caught it's, like the I caught like the most mediocre period.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we think about the '90s teams. For me, growing up, I was obviously younger at the time, a kid. But uh, you just think of the '90s a lot of talent was just like kind of uh, always.
2: Oh, a I bit mean, underperformed,
1: but this had a lot, dude, a lot well, of good my
2: freshman there. year, my freshman year, like the the corners were they had three first round picks at corner. It was mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield, uh, Nate Clements, and um, and Ahmad Plummer were the three oh, were the three t- were the three corners. <laughs> they had a <laughs> safety <laughs> named Damon Moore who was a starter right away. Who hurt his neck in the pros was a starter right away in the pros, and then Andy Katzmeyer and Niall Diggs. It's like I think if I remember right, every starter off of that team, my freshman year on defense, every starter on defense played in the NFL, which is yeah, insane. That, you yeah, know, that's,
0: that's
1: crazy.
2: So yeah. give,
0: give us some advice, because we're not used to—at least me personally—I didn't grow up a, as a Buckeye fan. Um, I'm not used to losing to the team up north, right? So I'm not—I haven't—I haven't experienced, uh, you know, two it in sucks. a
1: row. Yeah. It sucks. How do we navigate this? Time? How do we get better, right? As a fan.
2: Well, I mean, I think like blocking some people's phone numbers can help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have enough Michigan people in my life, family and otherwise, that I I uh, I had to hear a lot of it over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just it was weird because it did feel like it almost did feel like one of those '90s games, you know, like where. I felt like we could have been up by 20 in the first half. If a couple mm-hmm. of things go differently, you know, if, if you make the tackle on Johnson there on the sideline and right. you have a little help over the top, um, you know, there for, I think it was Cam Martinez, right? Like, and, yeah. and then you, you convert some of your opportunities, you know, Cade Stover catches the ball, like that there are little things and it Small felt like things. it was right there and you just left the door open. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. and so, um, I, I don't know if there's any great advice I have for, for <laughs> I haven't dealt with it a lot either. I mean, I, 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 honestly, like when I was there, so we won my freshman year, we beat Michigan my freshman year, yeah. lost sophomore and junior year. But that was when like, like that was sort of like the low point. Like that was when Cooper was like on the ropes mm. yeah. and then my senior year, crazy story. Like, I, I don't know if you guys are probably too young to remember this, but like, Quarterback gets a DUI um, the night, two nights before the uh, the Illinois game, and so our starting quarterback Steve Belisari, was out for the Michigan game, and that's how Craig Krenzel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. became like that was his first big game was against Michigan. They beat Michigan, and then. I think we lost, like, we've lost, what, it was two times from then until, like, just the last couple of yeah, years or so. Right.
1: Yeah, so that's something I guess you could speak to. It's like, I guess you got to really see the culture change, right, from how things are yeah. being ran with the football team with Cooper and then yep. Trestle coming in. I know, obviously, his memorable first speech is, you know, in front of the basketball team yeah. saying how we're going to beat Michigan. So how did you – how would you rate, I guess, the, the culture of the so, team kind so of – So, Brian, you're
2: game? from Ohio, Chimney, you're not, right? Right. Uh Right. Okay. So, I would say like one of the things, like one of the things that was interesting was I, I was actually, um, I was actually doing radio with Brady Quinn, and he remembered this, which was um, interesting because it was right when around when he was in high school. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the name Ryan Brewer, but he was a running back for South Carolina um, way back. This little like white running back who was Mister Ohio, and Ohio State didn't offer him. And then two years in a row, I think it was in the Outback Bowl, like just this kid lit them up, right? <laughs> and the whole criticism of Cooper was like he's gone too national and he's not he's missing on too many kids who are right there in Ohio and he's alienated the high school coaches in Ohio. And so, you know, really what it was, like with Trestle was, Tressel was like, I want to restore pride in the program and I want to build a fence around the state. And we're not going to let any great player get out of here. And, you know, I can, in the nineties, if you, if you really look back at it, like Ohio state would routinely lose like a really good Cleveland player to Michigan or a really good Cleveland or a really good Cincinnati player, to Notre Dame, that would happen a lot. Yeah. And then Trestle comes in and that stops, you know, and like all of a sudden now there's a fence around the state I think it coincided with some of the other Big Ten programs sort of taking a downturn. And, you know, that was sort of like a whole – that was a whole lot of it, I think, was like sort of restoring some of the tradition and pride in the program. And I think Coop, to his credit, like he did a lot of things that were needed. Like they needed to start recruiting nationally. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they needed to go into Florida and to go into Texas and go into California. And like when I was there, some of the great players – David Boston was from Texas, you know. Niall Diggs, I believe, was from California – um, We had a ton of kids from Florida on the team. Like, even the championship team that the Tress won with, like Michael Jenkins, Chris Campbell, those guys are from Florida. Florida, right. So, like, it was sort of like Trestle did a good job, I think, of, at least from my view, it was he restored the pride in the state and the connections in the state that they needed to have and building a fence around the state, making sure that guys like you, Bryant, grew up wanting to go to school there and had them at the top of the list no matter what, while also, like, leveraging everything that cooper had built and still yeah. bringing in the national kids you know yeah that's and interesting obviously, that you like, say that
1: because it's, it's like yeah. a wave right it's like a wave because yeah. like you kind of seen that from trestle to to meyer and day yeah. now that you're they're getting more national with recruits and then after we lose to michigan like there's like a buzz on twitter like coach day is not doing a good enough job in Ohio. Exa- yeah, i'll tell you it. what
2: like it's like a lot of the stuff you're hearing like now is exactly what people were saying about Cooper twenty five mm. years ago. Exactly. It's <laughs> he doesn't care enough about the state. That like all of that. Like, and I don't think it's necessarily fair to Ryan. You yeah, know? no, no, no. But but yeah. but it's but it's but it's the same sort of thing that you would hear back then. And I I can just remember like so much of it was because there were definitely like high school coaches in the state of Ohio that felt like they had been alienated or that they that their programs weren't getting enough attention from Ohio State back then, like in the nineties when Ohio state was going outside the state to go and get like great players from elsewhere. And you know, the truth is I think like coop took a lot of bullets that somebody at some point was going to have to take regardless. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like somebody was, that was going to have to happen at some point because there was no way it was like, look at Alabama. Alabama doesn't just recruit in state. Like, 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 like Georgia as great as they are and as good as like Atlanta is at producing talent. Like they've got a lot, like, those two big tight ends they have, I think one of them's from California and the other one's from Nevada. Right, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so everybody has to do this. Yeah. Right. And I think Coop, like, you know, it was a time, like, Coop, like, took some bullets that somebody at some point was going to have to take. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. Uh,
0: let's, let's just talk about the college football awards. And I don't know how much you've uh,
2: really – You want to talk about how Marvin Harrison got screwed? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really what I'm going <laughs> Top receiver in the nation, and I'm I'm gonna be honest. I wear I wear a, a lot of bias because I watch every Ohio State football game. I don't I didn't watch every Tennessee game. Watch I watched a few of them. I watched a lot of the big ones. Um, but man, when you look at these these receivers play, is Marvin Harrison not the best?
2: Receiver I don't know how, in the I, 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 I honestly like, and yeah, I'm biased too.
0: Right?
2: <laughs> I, I know what show I'm on here, but like I, I <laughs> honestly, honestly, like I don't know how you could watch that kid play yeah, and not think like that's one of the best college receivers I've ever seen. You know, I I've talked to like NFL scouts about this through like the course of doing my own job. I mean, when people start talking about like, this guy's going to be, this guy, when he comes out, isn't like the Julio Jones, AJ green category, mm-hmm. which is like, I, you know, like, like yeah, the, the those aren't every year guys. Like that's yeah. a once in every few years, one, a guy like this comes along. Like, I think, Jamar Chase was one guy that was, like, spoken about in that category. Well, look what he became. You know what I mean? Like, so when you start to hear people talk about a guy like that in that category, um, you know, Jalen Hyatt's a nice player. You know what I mean? Like, Jalen Jalen Hyatt's a really nice player. But if we're not basing this on statistics, if we're basing this on impact of the game and things that a guy opens up for everybody else, and, like, I don't know how it wouldn't be Marvin Harrison. And I – I'd imagine that this has got to be, I'd imagine this has got to be pretty frustrating for Hart too. After like the last couple of years of what he's had in his position room, you know what I yeah. mean? Like where, like last year he didn't even have a finalist. I mean, look at what Garrett Wilson, <laughs> and right. look at what Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are doing in the pros right. right now, and then consider Jackson Smith and Jigba had better stats than those two last year, right. and you couldn't get one of those guys as a finalist for the Blitnikoff. Where it's like they cancel each other out. And then you come back this year, and it's like, okay, now we've got a guy who is, like, defined as the number one here. And he still don't – I mean, it's just – to me, it was like so – I'm, I'd imagine it would be really, really frustrating from, if you're Harlow.
0: From a media standpoint, do you feel like the, the challenge is the the amount of talent? You know, when you looked at Gary Wilson and Olave and um, JSN, Smith and Jigba, there was yeah. so much – Talent across the board, and you have CJ Stroud at quarterback. Do you think there's a punishment for <laughs> being too good? Have I think no. I think some.
2: No, I think that exists. Like, I, I honestly think, like, so, like, Caleb Williams absolutely deserves the Heisman. I would have voted for him, right? Right. But without question, like, people, like, if you're looking, if and, and look, like, I, I've taken this sort of stuff into account when I voted for awards too. Like, who means the most to their team is usually a pretty big factor, right? right. Like, so. Like Caleb Williams is gonna be look like looked at a certain way because look at how many new people they have there, right? Yeah. The coach is new, the system's new. You've got, you know, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, all these people coming in from different programs. The offensive line had turnover. Like there's all this new stuff. And they were on the doorstep of the college football playoff. So of course, you are and you should look behind the stati- beyond the statistics, right? Like, right. you should. You should say, like, okay, like, the degree of difficulty here for Caleb Williams is damn high, and he cleared it. And so, like, he, he deserves a ton of credit. If you compare him to, like, you know, against, like, okay, like, Stetson Bennett, where it's like they have five stars all over the place. They've got two guys at, at tight end that are probably both going to be first-round picks. They have a backfield full of NFL guys. And, oh, by the way, they've got a defense that makes it so – <laughs> a lot of weeks you don't need to score more than a couple touchdowns right, to win the right, game, right? right? So like that's always gonna be a factor. But my argument with Marvin would be you lost you lost two first round picks, two high first round picks who have already proven themselves at the NFL level. And then you lost a third guy on the fly who will also be a first round pick. Right. So like there was that that the 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 production at that position had been cleaned out almost altogether. Mm-hmm. And he came in and not only was he a great player on his own now, like how much did he mean to Julian Fleming and uh, a Mecca Ibuka? Right. Oh, yeah. Like how much did he mean to those guys? Because he's opening things up for them. Mm-hmm. Right. How much did he mean to you in the running game? Because you got to account for the guy running down the field. Um, you know, I, I, like oh I mean, I get what you're making, like that that argument like is definitely a factor with this stuff, but I actually think like and, and you could have used it against those guys last year, right? Right. You'd be like, right. all right, well, like this guy isn't seeing a lot of double coverage or they aren't rolling things towards him quite as much just because there are three of them out there. Like that argument should work for Marvin Harris. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, right? Yeah, right.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so yeah, because with the awards, obviously, you know, CJ was up for several, obviously, was just Basically two years in a row, he was up for several awards. Right. Obviously, didn't win any, um, and now we're at a point now we're kind of heading into the playoffs. And once again, Ohio State was essentially snub—I mean, not snub—but we didn't win anything, right? For uh, when it came to those awards, um, do you think going into the playoffs and your experience with the, the Ohio State not having this type of success with the awards and not being recognized? it kind of propels them to kind of maybe do a little bit more when it comes to these. I Israel. hope so.
2: <laughs> were either you? Guys, I'm trying to remember. Were either you guys in the 14 team? No, no, no,
1: we're younger. So we
0: we went, finished with Tressel. So yeah. Tressel last year was our senior year. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: You guys, guys never play, you guys never played for for Urban. Okay. okay. Yeah, I play for Urban, yeah. I was trying. I was trying to do it in my head. I should have looked you guys up before. So that's my <laughs> bad. No, yeah, like, we Yeah. When you, you get to when you get to my age, everything <laughs> kind of blends together. <laughs> yeah, so um, we
1: went to two national championship. When we were two freshmen, we played Florida in the national championship against Meyer where we lost by a lot. Yeah. And then our second year, we played uh, LSU. Yeah. LSU. Yeah. But I think
2: that LSU?
1: Like, that's the
2: that sort of thing that worked against you guys, again, in the Florida game. You know, like Florida, I think, used it 100%. Like, and I, I would say in 14, like, there's no question. It's like, oh, they got a backup quarterback. They just snuck in, like, you know – they don't have the horses to run with Alabama. Right. Well, you know, now we look at that team, and it sounds like ridiculous that You're right. like, anybody, <laughs> would, anybody would think that they didn't have the horses to mm-hmm. run with anybody. Mm-hmm. I was at that game too. Yeah. And I sort of think, and I sort of think that this is like the this could be. I think a lot of it's going to come down to where the mindset of the team is and everything else. And you guys can speak to that better than I can. But like you know, I do think that there's enough out there that they don't belong. That they backed in. That Michigan kicked their ass that some people thought it would be a good idea to plant a flag on a field and may have to pay for it sooner than they ever thought they'd have to pay for it. <laughs> right. Like right. All that stuff. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all that stuff's out there for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that, and, and I do think, like, if you look at it, there are some similarities to the 14 team in the sophomore class. Because that sophomore class, you know, I, I, I don't need to go through the names with you guys, but, like, Bosa, Zeke, you know, Taylor. I mean, Taylor Decker, I think, was a little older then. Um, you know, like, that group, um, there was younger guys in that team that all kind of came together at once. Yeah. And, you know, like they all grew up together at once. You know, it felt like all those guys sort of came came of age at the exact same time. And so, you know, you look at the sophomores on this year's team, and, you know, it's Marvin, it's JTT, it's Sawyer, it's, I mean, you know, Henderson, it's Ibuka, yeah. like all these guys. Like I think the opportunity is there where it's like these guys are – like. But potentially elite players mm-hmm. yep. and a lot of people are telling them they don't belong right. and they've got a real chance to show they belong. So I think that that's where maybe the motivation would be if they have the right mindset over the next four or five weeks, getting ready. Yeah.
0: And they, they, you know, we see the talent, they have the talent, they can match up yeah. talent wise. Yeah. What we saw in that Michigan game was talent, not actually executing that the, in the way that they should. And, right. you know, took what four or five, you could probably count four or five plays that really determined the entire game in that Michigan game. So, I mean, if you clean that stuff up, you give yourself an
2: opportunity. You know what's interesting about it, too? How many fourth and fifth and sixth-year guys Michigan has? If you, like, look at their roster, like, I think one thing that an NFL guy brought up to me that was really interesting was he said, like, about that matchup, he said, you've got a lot of, like, fourth and fifth-round picks, like NFL guys on Michigan's roster, that are fourth and fifth and sixth-year guys. So, essentially, what you have is – a team that's like full of mid-round picks but older mid-round picks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you have guys that are like 2 or 3 years older and more mature and then you have a bunch of first-round picks at Ohio State that are 19 or 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. so I thought that that was like really an interesting <laughs> yeah. way to look at it. And COVID plays into that too cuz a right. lot of guys got the extra year too, year. you know. Mm-hmm. But like it's sort of interesting that way of like you, you look at Michigan's program, they they've got a bunch they've got a lot of guys who are, like just below the elite level, they're really good players that wound up hanging around as a result, you know? And so now it's like you've got an older team of, like, mid-round picks and a younger team of first-round picks. And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we get to see them again and uh, our guys do some growing up between now. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. A lot of old guys in, in, <laughs> in general right now, yeah. because of the COVID years, that's a man is, what, 25? Yep. Yeah, this is born
1: than San here as Lamar Jackson. i like, oh, that's it. The, Is that right? Is yeah, that true? Yeah, yeah. yeah that thing
2: they he was were born, born the old, same year as Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I think
1: they were both born in uh, 96, I want to say. Yeah,
2: I think 96. That's like the...
1: That's, that's nice. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to get your take on Jackson. I should
2: stay in college that long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Jackson Smith and Jake were not playing in the playoffs. Obviously, he dealt with the injury yep. um, all year. essentially made the decision to kind of focus on um, what's coming next in the NFL. I just want to give you, what's your overall take on that decision and really just in general. I know there's different than when we play, there was not much. We didn't, like, I remember being hurt. I remember yeah. playing injured and not thinking about the overall context of what I was doing, right? I thought yeah. about it later when I got to NFL and <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, this, this injury I yeah. played with for two years, I probably should have sat down for a few games. I probably should have yeah. um, addressed it, but I didn't have, when playing in college, I didn't have that level of, you know, context. I was really just trying to us You know, what do we have to do to win the next game? And um, what do you what do you think about the, yeah. the, the the transition in college now with guys? You know, probably having a, a little bit more advisor or you know more agents or whatever. Um, giving them, more people around them. Yeah, yeah, more people around them just to figure out. You know, how do we make the decision and you know JSN specific decision? Um, sure. To really just the fo- the focus on the next. What's next?
2: Yeah, let's like what. Like, uh, talk about Jackson specifically in a second. I just think in general terms, right? Like this is the reality. Like, um, and like there's because, I mean, officially they can't become their agents, but like, let's call it what it is. Like the the NIL, like representatives, a lot of times are NFL agents oh, yes. and they're going to become the guy's NFL agents. And I right. can tell you, I can go through a list of guys now where I could tell you at the beginning of this season, who their agent was going to be in the NFL. And it didn't work that way before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like the fact that they can get to the kids earlier means in a lot of cases, the agent is going to be his focus is going to be, what can I do to make sure that he gets the NFL healthy and make sure that he gets the NFL in the optimal position to perform at combine and pro day. And I think that that can work against a player sometimes too, because if, a team sees a player handling things that way, they're gonna have questions. Yeah. Like, okay, like so now what's gonna happen at the end of your contract, right? Are you gonna to start to play it safe at the end of your contract? Are you gonna pull yourself out of stuff? Are you gonna, am I gonna be able to count on you later when that situation in college becomes an NFL situation? Right. Yeah. So that's part of it. Um, you know, I I I think the we've started to see kids and I think this is a good development. Kids have more information now, you know, and I, I just think like if you look at it, like when Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette opted out, I think it was 2000 would have been it have been the end of the 16 season because they were in the 17 draft. Um, when they opted out, like that was like whoa. Right, right. right. <laughs> Look back at it, and it's like Christian McCaffrey was opting out of the Sun Bowl. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like now, it looks like that's an easy decision to make. You right. know what I mean? Like right. the guy was the eighth pick in the draft, but both those guys were running backs, and they were cognizant of like. I only have so many miles on my legs Right. and it's only going to last so long. So I, I need to save the miles while I can. So that's a challenging balance, I think for players, because they want to do what's best for their teammates. They also want to show their competitors, the NFL, but there's the real life business proposition of the whole thing, you know? And um, so I think that that part of it is a reality for everybody. Jackson. I mean, I ever, everything I've heard about the kid is a plus, yeah. right? So like, I, I, it sounds like he's a, great great kid and um you know i I know having talked to some of the coaches there like they think the world of him they think he's gonna be a really good pro um, I don't know if he's like as physically talented as Wilson and Olave. now I think Wilson and Olave would tell you maybe he's a better football player I don't know that he's gonna run as fast as those guys did I don't know he's quite as explosive as those guys are I think he probably finds a way to stay in the first round um but you know i I do think like there's some questions football wise that he has to answer. Um, and now I think he's also going to have to answer the question: Did you did did you choose the combine over the playoff? I don't know that that's necessarily fair, yeah. um, because from everything I I've heard, like that was a freakish hamstring injury, and they just couldn't get it right, and they tried and they tried and they tried, and there just came a point where it was like I don't know, there's much more we can do just other than rest it. Yeah. How um, much weight?
0: You, how much weight do you think the NFL teams put to that question? Because I I mean sometimes there's a question they ask like. Um, there's one question that I've always, I always got that, uh, is, is it, do you hate to lose more than you love to win or something like that? Right. I, right. You know, yeah. and you just answer the question. Oh,
2: I hate to lose. <laughs> yeah. and, then that's, okay. and then it's like, how the hell
1: do I answer? Uh,
2: it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think, but I, it, it, it's definitely gets thrown in the bucket, you know, and, and makeup is such an important thing. Um, you know, like how, like what's inside a guy. Cause I, you know, I, Troy Brown, who I, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with him, was a great receiver during, during Tom Brady's early days in New England. I did TV with Troy for, for a bunch of years. And Troy had this saying that I thought was really interesting. He said, money will only make you more of what you already are. And I thought that was such an interesting way to put it. It's like, if a guy is one way in college mm-hmm. giving him a big check isn't going to make him isn't going to make him different isn't going to make him work harder isn't going to make like it's just not you know Nine, 99 times out of 100 it won't and so like a ma- makeup is such a big part of this for NFL teams because they're looking at it especially with the first round picks saying we're going to hand this guy an opportunity to create financial sub- security for himself and for his family for life and we need to know how he's going to operate in that situation when he's not fighting for it anymore yeah. you know and so like i think with with these kids now like you know that's a huge part of the question if you're going in the first round it's all right like we've turned this into a business for you now how are you going to handle it are you going to push through an injury if it's close are you going to go if there could be long term damage done are you going to go and you know it's sort of the underbelly of the nfl but it's a reality in that like the injury rate in the nfl is like it is at any other level of football it's 100 yep. you're gonna every team's gonna have injuries every year and like i just think that that's something that these kids like that that's something that that's something that like is a reality for all of these kids and it's gonna be a reality for jackson you know he's gonna have to know how to answer that question and again like it's may not be fair to him like on an individual basis based on everything that he went through and i know how frustrating the hamstring was for him this year yep. Um, but you know, it's, it's a question he's going to have to pr- be prepared to answer. And if you answer it the wrong way, you have to understand that it could, I, I don't think it's going to like cause a team not to take you, but if they have you ranked right there with another kid, yep. mm-hmm. it might be a tiebreaker. And in the reality, the reality is in the NFL draft. If it's a tiebreaker with another kid at your position, that could mean like five, 10, 15 spots. That's real money that you're walking away from. So I think he he very much has to be prepared to answer that question the right way.
1: Is mm-hmm. it? I know one thing we also want to kind of dive in is once again we obviously Ohio State's quarterback C.J. Stroud. Um, mm-hmm. He's been tremendous for Ohio State, put up a lot of yards. But once again, when it comes to the awards, he doesn't bring any of them home. Basically, off of what, you, what two losses in a yeah. couple of years. Um, what what is your thoughts on him when you think about ranking the quarterbacks that that we? We'll obviously haven't sure. made a decision yet, but most likely we'll see in this yeah.
2: draft. Yeah, I think he's going, and I, I, I think he's, I think he's in like sort of this group of four. I would say four quarterbacks that are like. I feel like this is one of those years where you're going to have to be comfortable with a guy's flaws, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to be comfortable with like the idea that the guy could work past them. So Bryce Young, um, I think every by all accounts, like I think has the cleanest tape, right? Like and. Like if he was six foot four, he'd probably be slam dunk number one you're overall right. pick. Yeah. He's not six foot. Okay, you know what yeah. I mean? He's not two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So with him, the question is gonna be size. Will Levis from Kentucky had a great junior year, not as good a senior year. How much of it was the system he was playing in? He wasn't great at Penn State. So you you're looking at like physical tools that he has. Like he's big, he's strong, he's got a big arm, but like you've only really seen it in one season, and it was with an offensive coordinator. Who is doing a lot of things to help him? Mm-hmm. So, how much of that was smoke and mirrors? How much of it is actually indicative of his potential? Then Anthony Richardson is the one who's really raw and has a ways to go, um, but he shows traits. So it's like he's one of these cases where it's like you see everything you need to see. It just takes a lot of tape to get there. Yeah. So <laughs> how like like can you turn who he is in flashes into who he is all the time? Mm-hmm. And then I think with CJ, the biggest question is going to be how much like how can how, can, how much can he improve? when things are jumbled around him and when things are a mess around him and for better or worse, like there's a little bit of that reputation of being a seven on seven quarterback. So like, how does he react? Like when, when the pockets muddy and he has to move, how does he react? Can he keep his eyes downfield after he gets hit? How does he play after he gets hit? When he, when there's 10 yards for him to take there in the running game, is he willing to tuck it and run? Like, so like those are the questions that CJ is going to have to answer. And again, like all four of those guys have, I think re- have relatively significant flaws, and I think for teams that are you know taking take, planning to take one in the top ten, top fifteen picks, a lot of it's going to be based on whose flaws am I most comfortable with, yeah. and that's something that I think you really sort of have to suss out through the, the 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 pre-draft process, and that's why those interviews and the combine stuff, all that stuff is so important because you're you're trying to figure out who is going to be able to work through their flaws and who isn't. And by the way, CJ's got a great opportunity to answer some of those questions against that's, a really that's really that's good gonna defense question. on
0: New I'm going to be my question. I mean, it seems like there's a, a great opportunity like like you mentioned going up against a Georgia defense that is really really has really been impressive. Um yep. and you talk about how how does he respond when he gets hit? It's a good chance
1: he's going to get hit again, George. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I don't think yeah. I'll be able to keep Jalen Carter off yeah, of completely.
1: Yeah, yeah. With that guy, you usually get hit hard, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: so to that point, college football prediction, and we know the four teams that are in it. Um, and also, so one part of the prediction is the TCU versus Michigan. Who do you want to win that game? <laughs> right? And, because there's always this thing. Nobody, have, no Buckeyes, a lot of, it's almost a split, right? Some never can root for Michigan or even consider the fact that they want them to win. And others yeah. say, you know, I want Michigan to win this game and then go match up against
2: Ohio State so that we can, you know, knock them off their high horse.
0: So, what what camp do you?
2: <laughs> I I sort of want them to win. I, like the the plus to them losing would be that we remain the only Big Ten team that's won in the college football playoff, which would be nice. Um. I sort of want them to win, and I, I like I, I I'm a little torn on it because <laughs> it would be kind of hilarious if we were in the national title game and they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All right. but, uh, but no, I, I mean I think like the idea of seeing us versus them. We got a huge mountain to climb to even think about getting there because Georgia's great. Um, but it would be really cool to see Michigan Ohio State at SoFi on whatever it is January ninth. So yeah. uh, I would say I. But grudgingly, like we'll be <laughs> rooting for them there.
1: Yeah, I'm on that same. But I want the rematch. I'm, and I, I was, I think last episode, I'm one of the guys that I want Michigan to win every game. I want them on the right. highest horse possible when they play out of Ohio State, and we knock them off. So, what better way than the national championship yeah. game? We're both there, uh, and we and we take it to them. So. And
0: but we've already determined if that happens and we beat them, I'm going to get a a, a blocko flag. <laughs> All right, we're going to drive to Ann
1: Arbor. <laughs> uh, we're going to find a
0: good place to plant that flag. So if you're, if you're willing to take that
1: trip. Yeah, yeah we you want ride,
0: just I meet <laughs> you to ride. I'll meet you in Ann Arbor. You guys, you guys want to meet me at the 50-yard <laughs> line? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
2: I'll re- uh, just thank you. Appreciate- well, hey, wait a minute. How would you guys have reacted if they tried to do that to you?
1: See, I feel like it's we so would have fought. We would have fought. Though. Right. I mean, it was. But I feel it's it's different because I know the guys there. They get a lot of heat for it, but it's like they didn't like win the game. And when teams came to the middle, came out with a flag. Like once the guys that was actually playing was down, sinking Carmen, Ohio, halfway up the up the tunnel. This takes place. So we had an incident like this when we was in school. We we lost to Illinois. I was our lost Illinois.
0: Senior day was ranked number one. Juice Williams, mm-hmm. Rashawn Mendenhall,
1: they had a pretty, that team, pretty yeah. solid team. And they call themselves stumping on the black. So right when in, they go to the middle, you know how everybody comes to the middle, and they call themselves stumping on the black O. And Malcolm Jenkins probably yeah. was the first one to kind of just jump <laughs> in the, the sea of uh,
0: Illinois. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, at that follow point, everybody suit. had to
1: follow Yeah, it, had so. to follow suit there. Now it's different. Now like, they really didn't even make the news that like that's yeah. what took place. Um, but yeah, so
2: that's another coward Malcolm, move, Malcolm I feel take like. take care of yourself, too. So, like, Malcolm's not the person you want to be next Right, to,
1: right, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I feel like it was like a, a, a coward move. I feel like they waited, and now that everybody's gone, oh, now we're doing this extra stuff. I just feel like the whole I thing is extra. I
2: just thought it was interesting that the school that called the cops when somebody tried to fight <laughs> right. them in a the tunnel is yeah. planting flags. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> That's what type of program they run. <laughs> that what type of crew they are. So I would
0: again, thank you for your time. Man. I really yeah, appreciate it. the interview. You are first interviewee. Right? Yeah. So, yeah good, so.
2: all right. Um, well, I'm glad we got the technical stuff worked out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to come back on with you guys anytime. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe we could do it ahead of the the national championship game. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be fun. That will be fun. Yeah, yeah. So. we'll get your prediction. We'll also get your
2: commitment
0: on taking that trip to Ann
2: Arbor <laughs> <laughs> with a flag, it, so
0: with, uh, right? All right
1: man.
2: I may, I may, or may not have snuck in that stadium before and taken something. So we can tell that story. There, there we, we go. <laughs> so you know how to get in. You know okay, perfect. You got, you got a map. Okay. All right,
0: man. Thanks again.
2: All right, thanks, Appreciate guys. It that was great thanks guys a lot of fun hey um make get get my number from erica you guys ever
1: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube